Los Angeles, California. What's up, what's up? It's me, your host, Casey Diaz of the Shot Caller Podcast. Well, big news. Um, around the world, around the country. So let's talk about it. of life. We have multiple uh, people who were killed in this incident and I am sorry to have to report that one of them was a Boulder police officer. This has got to stop. Every week, every week in the United States, there's a shooting. Now it's our turn, and that, that should never be repeated anywhere. I promise the victims and the people of the state of Colorado that we will secure justice and do everything we must do to get justice in this case. So, obviously, uh an awful tragedy took uh, place in Boulder, Colorado. And um, Boulder's a beautiful place, man. Uh, um, I had the privilege to go speak at uh, the University of Boulder, the University of Colorado uh, in Boulder. And, um, I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful place. It's picturesque. It's got its snowy mountains, and it's... It's somewhere where you could just park it and um, and just live and enjoy life. And then something like this takes place, and um, well, you know, uh, it just it, it sinks your heart to see the depravity, the the darkness that exists in in this world, and with that. Uh, is a lot of stuff, right? Because um, obviously, as soon as um, something like this happens, um, out comes the media, out comes um, divisive um, hearsays, and um, and then we got to deal with that issue. And I ask that you. Well, that you pray for the families that were affected directly uh, through this ambush, this uh, murder rampage that this uh, coward did on uh, just a couple of days ago. And I'm not going to say his name because, one, I don't think he deserves being famous. Um, but there's an attack now, of, of course, as it always is, now there's an attack on your Second Amendment rights. And where do we go from there? Because, of course, uh, and we knew the first thing that the left-wing media 
um, and the Democrats themselves were going to were going to pull. Right, we knew right away. We knew that that this was going to be made out of a race card. Um, that we just knew that, unless you are, are living under a rock and not understanding what happens and what's been happening in this country. It's all about race. And once again, they jumped into conclusions rather than waiting for facts. And But why is that? Why is it that every time something like this happens, a certain amount of people just jump into conclusions? <clears throat> it's like they cannonball into conclusions, right? They just, they just boom. They don't wait for facts. They don't. They, it's like th- there's no patience in that. They're just gonna. It's a white guy. It's a crazy white guy, right, with a gun. White guy. It's because we live in a race obsessed moment. That's why. And it's the blame it on the white guy for everything gone wrong in my life. That that's what it's all about. That's what. There's a, there's a, a the left wing, the Democrats. That's what it's all about to them. Right now, it's a race obsessed moment. And when they watched the news and they saw a guy limping and blood running down his uh, down his uh, his leg, wearing no shirt and shorts, and you know. One could say, yeah, he looked like he looked like a white dude. But how about you wait? How about you wait patiently for a thing called facts? Why is it that you're so obsessed with race? With bringing in race into absolutely everything in your life? Why do they find it necessary to do that? You know, but it's it's blame it on the white guy for everything gone wrong in my life. That that's what that's that's how they roll. And let me tell you something. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to and I'm gonna talk directly to those of you that are listening to me that profess to be Christians. If you're playing along this line right here, if you are playing along this type of line, if you have become raced obsessed and the white guy is the problem for all your problems and all the problems in the United States, if you're playing that card and you're professing to be a believer, I highly doubt, and I'm going to say it, I highly doubt that you even spend time with God. I highly doubt that you will ever open up your Bible. I highly doubt that you actually sit for a moment and think through what's about to come out of your mouth. And if that's where you stand and you're professing to be a believer, you need to go sit on the bench, think think things through, authentically pray to God, open up your Bible, read it, and perhaps, perhaps, you'll see something different. But I strongly 
I, I, I just highly doubt that those of you that profess to be Christians are actually in your Bible, actually praying on a daily basis if you're playing a race card, and along with those that play a race card for all things. For all things. And, and it's just not, it, it's demonic. It's not healthy. It's ridiculous. At the, at the very core of it, it's satanic. It's satanic. And you're being a part of that problem if you're standing there. If you're standing there and agreeing with nonsense, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. So what does an ex-con or an ex-convict have to say about the Second Amendment? What do I have to say about that? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because I think that most of, uh, most of the people really haven't even read the Second Amendment. Most of the people haven't even looked at the Constitution. They probably, you know, glanced at it. I think a lot of people just kind of, you know, they... they if you were to write it down, <coughs> can I say this? I would be surprised if if you were to just write it in just regular writing on a piece of paper and hand it to anybody on the sidewalk. I'd be surprised. If, and, and don't write, you know, <laughs> don't write the Constitution as a title on it. Don't put nothing on it. Just write all these amendments and, and then hand it to somebody. And say, hey, what is this? What's this document here? I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised that most of the people out there uh, wouldn't know what that is. What you just handed them, to be honest with you. So I think it's very necessary to actually read what the Second Amendment actually says. Here's what it says: a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Let me read that again. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The founding fathers knew that this was going to be important throughout the life of the United States. In fact, they pinned down they, they pinned out this 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 phrase here or these words rather. They said it's necessary to the security of a free state. Necessary to the security of a free state. I mean, necessary. That's the word that they used. To the security of a free state. And then they continue, they said, the right of the people, of its citizens, to keep, that means to possess, and to bear arms, to carry, shall not be infringed. In other words, before MC Hammer uh, penned down the words, can't touch this, 
the founding father said it first. Can't touch this. Don't mess with this. This is this, this is the rights of American citizens to keep and bear arms. And why 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 is that so necessary? Well, we got to talk about what's important here. Firearms are to protect your family, your property, your businesses, and especially from a government that wants to strip you naked of all your rights. Not just the Second Amendment, but that's where it, if they could get you unarmed, America, if the government can get you unarmed, law-abiding citizens to have absolutely no defense, to absolutely have no guns to, to none, if they can get you to surrender your guns. You know what America will start to look look like? Very, and, and it'll happen in a very short amount of time. They're not going to waste time. If they can unarmed the law-abiding citizen, the law-abiding American citizen in this country, if they can do that, if they can unarm you, I don't think it would take weeks, to be quite honest with you. I don't think they would, I think they would go so quick and we would look like Venezuela, we would look like Cuba, we would look like North Korea within days, within days. As an ex-convict, when I go and, and talk to churches, when I go and talk to uh, groups, when I go and educate communities about crime, and you know, this is something that I always talk about. Your Second Amendment right, and I'll tell you why. Because crime is at an all-time high. We, we already know that. We, I actually did an episode not too long here about the problem that we're having in California because tyranny rules here. We have, I mean, just evil people running the state from senators, <laughs> Right? Governors, mayors, California is upside down. And crime, oh my goodness. I was watching a, a episode on PragerU of, um, uh, of a young lady that just joined their, uh, um, their, uh, their show there. Gosh, I forgot her name. I think you know who who I'm talking about. Um, she's new to their their show, and <laughs> they took her into Hollywood because uh, she wanted. It, uh, as she's a uh, a native of uh, Florida, and she always growing up, she always saw uh, and watched um, Hollywood uh, films, and she liked actors and the whole Hollywood scene, <coughs> and. Um, so she always wanted to come to California. So she comes to California and they take her on a trip down 
to, well, they ask her first, you know, where do you want to go since you're in California? Where, what's the one spot that you want to go to? And <laughs> right away she says, I always wanted to go down Hollywood Boulevard and look at all the shiny stars on the floor. You know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> and the guys are like, you really want to do that? <laughs> you know, because the movies and TV shows, they portray uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame like something beautiful and just out of this world. Well, perhaps it was like that once. I remember as a kid, it was it was nice. I mean, you know, we uh, growing up, I don't remember seeing the homelessness problem that we have uh, t today. And crime wasn't as high like that, like how it is now. And they took her there, and lo and behold, um, they got out of their car and took a couple of steps, and there was human uh, feces on the on the ground there. That was her. That was her introduction to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So you got homelessness, you got crime. Why does the Second Amendment need to be in place and not touched, like like the founding father said? Because it protects you from criminal activity. Because if you have something in your home to protect yourself from an invader, a raider, a criminal, you don't know when somebody goes into your into your home to ransack it. In fact, most burglaries, which People think that, you know, well, it's just a burglary. A lot of people think that it's just a burglary. Um, uh, usually people are not there. Well, let me tell you something. If you look at the facts and if you look at, at data, a lot of murders take place in the commission of a burglary because in walks the homeowner into a scene of an active crime, and that criminal gets startled and things get really, really dark really quick. And that homeowner, if he didn't have defense, if he wasn't able to you know, fight off and fend off the criminal, that homeowner ends up dead. This is why I educate people on this particular subject. If you have no criminal background, you're an American citizen, you need to go get trained and you need to go purchase something, some kind of gun, some kind of shotgun, some kind of whatever. It is your right. Let me read that again. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is your right. That is your right as an American citizen. And they can't touch it. They're not supposed to touch it. Biden right away after the Colorado, uh, this the Boulder, Colorado tragedy, right away, you know, we don't hear about this guy, but right away he comes out, and of course he's. We already know. We already knew what he was going to say. So he has a, a, a ban on 
and on what they call assault rifles. And most people are ignorant because they think that AR means assault rifle. I'm not mean, I'm not even going to tell you what it actually means because I'd rather you do the homework. If you're if you're a Democrat, if you're a left winger and you're actually stumbled into this podcast, go do your homework and find out what AR actually means. I'm not going to do your homework for you. But that is your right to defend yourself, your family, your property, your business, your own life, the life of the of loved ones, and from government tyranny. And, 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 and it's not just an assault on those things, because they have they have a plan, folks. They have a plan. And the plan is. We want to disarm you, but we also have a, a second plan, and the second attack that they have is on prayer. And let's be honest. Let's start messing around here. The second attack is on prayer, Christian prayer, to be more precise. Listen to what, this is on Yahoo here. Critics tell GOP Rep. Lauren Bobert, what to do with her prayers, and it's, you know, in, in uh, quotations here, with her prayers after Boulder shooting. And so she gets, you know, slammed. Because she goes on Twitter and she says, as we continue to hear the news coming out of Boulder, I'm praying for the police, for first responders, and those affected by this tragedy. May God be with us as we make sense of this senseless violence, and may we unify and not divide during this time. Now, you know that I don't see nothing wrong with that. She's, I, I, I'm praying for the same, the very same things that she's praying for. My prayers are with the shoppers, employees, first responders, and others affected by the shootings in Boulder and shooting in Boulder. May God be with them. While we are still awaiting important information. And details in this case, random public shootings and senseless acts of violence are never okay. I don't see anything that Lauren is actually saying here that is out of uh, that 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 should offend anybody. I, I don't see anything wrong with her tweet here. And boy, does she have. Haters. This one lady here, uh, no, I'm not going to call her a lady because I just don't see how she's even a lady here. Her name's Trish Zornio. She responds to uh, Lauren Bobert's uh, tweet and says, For once in your bleep life, stop flapping your thumbs. People like you are directly responsible for my friends, my family, and my community being put in harm's way. Your anti-science gun fetish, trigger the libs, divisive bull, you, you finished that sentence, needs to stop. Now, you're literally killing people. How ignorant is this, this, this woman here? How ignorant? And I would like to, I would actually like to approach Trish 
and say, write on this piece of paper. I'd like to give her a piece of paper and say, and say, write to me which one of your friends, which one of your family members were in this in this store. Which one of them? And I bet you that she wouldn't be able to write one name down. But it's an emotional unleashing that happens when these things occur. And what they want to do is they want to scream. They want to yell. And, because this is how, you know, somebody has never been, uh, uh, somebody has never been spanked uh, in, 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 uh, while growing up, never, never been disciplined, never learned how to talk to people in a sensible way. This is how they, this is how they get their way. Trish reminds me of someone that is in a, at a Ralph's in a, at a, or a Trader Joe's wanting candy and the parents saying, no, you can't have candy. And she throws herself on the floor and starts doing, uh, you know, some crazy stuff and yelling. This is the life of leftists. They're going to yell, call names, vulgarities. That's what they're going to do. And then she says, you're literally killing people. Really? It's, it's so ridiculous. But if we don't stand up to this kind of stuff, if we don't stand up to this kind of stuff, guess who gets their way? Take a wild guess. If you look at America and, and the discipline that, the, well, the lack of discipline in young people when it comes with, to authority, this is how it starts. And they get their way because they yell, scream, and shout, and throw tantrums and call people names. And if you don't agree with them or the, you're the problem, if you like everybody has to agree with them or you're the problem. No. And, and, and we need to stand up to this kind of behavior big time. And then there's this, this guy right here, Christopher Larson. And um, he says, at Rep. Bobert, as an elected official who actually represents people in Boulder County, let me tell you what you could do with your thoughts and prayers. And he hashtags gun control now. Christopher Larson <laughs> This is the kind of stuff that gets me really upset and I think you could tell by the uh, awkward silence that just took place a second ago. Because these people, like Larson, think that attacking prayer helps things. So they're going to go after your guns, and then there's Christopher Larson going after your prayer. Christopher Larson, I don't know if you'll ever ever listen to this podcast, but I hope that you repent and that you repent quickly. You have absolutely nothing, nothing that is worth saying right now. When you attack the prayer, you're attacking God. And when you attack God, well, that's that's the foolish thing. That's the most foolish thing that you could ever do. 
Because if you think that prayer isn't effective, if you think that your little hashtag, gun control now, is more powerful than a believer praying to the living God, you have lost your marbles, sir. Christopher Larson, if you think that your little hashtag, gun control now, can solve one issue, one, which it cannot, your hashtag can do jack. Your hashtag, that's all that your hashtag did, got my attention, and maybe the attention of others. But your hashtag didn't solve a darn thing. Your hashtag didn't, didn't, isn't paying for a funeral for any of the 10 victims. Your hashtag isn't consoling any of the victims' families. Your hashtag is worth nothing. How about Christopher Larson puts his money where his mouth is, and if he's so, you know, since prayer can't solve things, since praying to the living God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, since prayer can't do nothing, how about you put your money where your mouth is and start paying for some funeral arrangements? How about you start praying, uh, uh, paying for some counseling? How about that? Since, you're, since you have the solution through your little foolish hashtag, how about you do that? Since you're an official who actually represents the people of Boulder County, how about you start immediately today gathering funds and making sure that not one red cent is paid by these families or their friends out of your own pocket. And start paying for some of this stuff. How about you do that? Because your gun control hashtag, it's stupid. It really is. It's dumb. And I hope, dude, I, I hope that Christopher Larson repents and apologizes to God himself and retracts his, his foolish words. I don't care about the thoughts, right? The thoughts, they don't do nothing either. But when you attack prayer, and I know that you're attacking Christian prayer. You're not taught, you're not, because, see, here's the funny part, right? Christopher Larson is not going to go into a, to a mosque or to a imam or, or, or uh, an imam in, or, or to a Buddhist temple or to a Buddhist leader. He's not going to say, hey, you know, cut it out with your foolish prayer. He's not going to say that to them. You know why Christopher Larson is not going to say that? Because that would get Christopher Larson fired in a heartbeat because he's attacking prayer. But they won't say it because they know better. And Christopher Larson is such a coward that he won't write Christian prayer because that's what he really wants to say. He won't say that because then, well, he would get fired. But we know what he means when he says your thoughts and prayers. We know exactly what you mean. Look at this guy, David Rothschild. Here's another bozo here. We don't need God to make sense of this for us. 
You want mass shootings, so we get mass shootings. <laughs> My goodness. We don't need God to make sense of this for us. Apparently, David Rothschild has figured life out altogether. And there's another tweet aimed at Lauren Bobert from Elise Morales. This woman owns guns, owns a restaurant called Shooter's Grill in Rifle, in Rifle, Colorado, where the staff is encouraged to open carry. What's the problem? What's the problem? It's their Second Amendment right. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What's the problem there? What's the problem there, Elise? I don't see no problem. Another woman wrote to her by the name of Shana. You literally own a bar called Shooters where staff is encouraged to open carry. What's the problem? I don't see no problem. This is America. There's an, a, sec, a Second Amendment right to the law-abiding citizens of America. What's the problem? So they want to shut down your Second Amendment right, but then they're also going to want to shut down your prayer life, your God, your house of worship, because ultimately that's what they want that's what they, they're coming after. Why do you think China doesn't have churches and they, people have to hide? Why do you think Christians have to be underground for their worship services? Why? Why do you think in North Korea they have the same thing? Why do you think it, it has the same effect in, in Venezuela, the same effect in Cuba? Why? If you can't tie those things together, if you don't see the pattern there, if you don't see how this all ends ends when 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 you surrender your guns and the next thing is surrendering surrendering your life of worship to the living God, your life of prayer to the living God. We saw that in the Bible. We saw that. Remember Daniel? Daniel's told and here's to, to those of you that think that, oh well, we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't be entangled in, in the affairs of government. And no, those are Jehovah's Witnesses. You as a Christian, you need to be involved in 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 the life and and in the sweat and in the toil of of what goes on in your country. Because if you don't, government will always want to take it. They will they will take all your rights, and then we will look like North Korea very quick here. But for those of you that think that you shouldn't, you know, oh, it's let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's 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 just talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's just talk about the Bible. The actually the Bible tells you that when government is out of line, that when officials, city, when the city, when 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 tyranny is is, is right in your face, you need to stand up to it. 
Daniel was told you can't pray. And it was customary for him to pray three times. Did 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 Daniel wait? Did Daniel surrender his right to pray to his to his God, to the living God? Did he curl up and, and go into some closet and cry and say, Oh, I guess I can't pray? Because I have to there's a new uh, uh there's there's a new golden statue here and I, I gotta bow down to that and I need to pray to that and I need to give alms to that. You know what Daniel did? He continued to pray as he always did in his life. And of course, you know, they schemed. And we know the story. He gets thrown into a den of lions. And what happens? Nothing happens. He stood up. And God came through. Listen. Well, that's the Old Testament. Some of you might, oh, that's the Old Testament. That, that's Anybody that doesn't read their Bible will always say that. Oh, that's the Old Testament. Every single time that I've dealt with somebody, uh, uh, with somebody that, 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 that where you actually bring out Scripture of the Old Testament, like, like the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore, right? Somebody that doesn't know how to read, their, that doesn't read their Bible will always say that's the Old Testament, as if that's not important anymore. And they have no clue that the old and the new are intertwined. How about, so So let me give you some references to to the New Testament, since you want to, let's keep it the New Testament, just for, for your sake. Let's talk about the, the, you know, the New Testament. How about the apostles when they were told, don't preach in Jesus' name? What was their response? Did they say, oh, okay, we're sorry. We'll, we'll do what you say. No, these were government officials telling them, religious leaders telling them, don't preach. Don't preach Jesus here. Don't use that name. And their response was, however you deal with your life, however you see it, it right in your eyes, that's you. But for us, we can't but preach Jesus. So they continued to preach Jesus in spite of tyranny. We need to be Christians that are biblically informed, politically informed, and take action. It's not time to waver, people. I'm going to leave you with the, with those uh, those thoughts, and you can write to me and tell me how much you dislike me now or whatever. But I'm cool with that. I've been I've been had um, crocodile skin. <laughs> I'm not interested in the praises of men or the the pats in the back. I'm interested in justice, true. Biblical justice. I'm interested in in what God has to say. And I'm thrilled to do what God has to say. I have no problem with that. 
Thank you so much for those of you that uh, tuned in. I think I, I got on here because these are important moments. And please pray for the victim's family of these 10 who lost their lives. Was it a tragedy? Yes. But it was carried out by a vicious murderer who decided and made up in his mind that he was going to kill. And those weapons didn't walk in by themselves to that parking lot. Those weapons didn't walk in by themselves into that store and started unloading. It took a human being who had darkness in his heart to take that and use it against innocent people. So please pray for the victim's family, for the community. And we pray that people would look at their lives a little bit more serious. And when you're here one day and you're gone the next day, and if you didn't repent, if you didn't cry out to God, if you didn't ask for forgiveness, if you thought that you had it bad on this world, rejecting Christ and dying and then going to hell for that, for rejecting Christ, that is a fit justice or a fit judgment upon any anybody that dies rejecting Christ. Because Christ came and died for your sins. He died in your stead. So he paid the price. But if you don't want him to pay the price for your sin, then you will. And you can't complain about that. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Hey, by the way, um, you know, we're doing this drive and someone uh, gave uh, Nielsen Arms, uh, Lonnie Nielsen, uh, gave uh, a very uh, nice offering uh, towards the books going to this Nevada County Jail. Um, and so we still need your help to get uh, the box sent over there. So if you, if God puts it in your heart to give something to this uh, podcast so that we can send the Shot Collar book into Washu uh, County Jail in Nevada, uh, we would love for you to get on board and support this podcast. Whatever God puts in your heart. Uh, it's very easy. Uh, do it the way uh, uh, Nielsen Arms did it. They got on PayPal. Uh, they put my um, my email, which is kcdiaz72 at gmail.com, kcdiaz72 at gmail.com. And he gave uh, a gift of $100 towards the books. I am so uh, thankful to him um, uh, for supporting this podcast. Um and, uh, you know, but we need a little bit, well, we need about 400 bucks to, to get uh, a, a, a box over there. So we still need help. If you are out there and God puts it in your heart to give to this cause, I would love to send this box over to uh, the chaplain there and get it there as fast as we can. But thank you, uh, Nielsen Arms, for your continual support of the shot caller podcast 
Hey, until next time, thank you so much. And you know how I always, I always leave you guys, right? It's a reminder. It's nothing new. You know this. Keep Jesus first.